God is good. And all the time? Yes, he is. Been fighting a little bit of a cold this week, if you can say that. And uh, so if there's a few sniffles, please don't mind. Uh, if there's a few interesting thoughts, just go with me, all right? Um, I was talking with Greg Wagner. Some of you may know him in between services. He and his wife were here for first service. And uh, he said to me, he says, did you hear what that mayor of one of the towns over there by Houston uh, said when they asked him what, what he had to say and his own house was all flooded? And I said, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that one. And he said to the news reporter, and he said, what do you have to say? Your house is underwater. So he goes, God is good all the time. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's awesome that uh, no matter what happens, but our heart sure goes out to the people of Houston and and uh, so forth, and to uh, Joey's family, Joey Huerta. I'm so, aren't we blessed to have his stained glass windows in this church? I mean, what a blessing. Um, we're going to miss Joey, but there's still a little connection here, and to be able to be blessed by his work, his handiwork. And I, I think, I'm not sure, but this, we may be the, the last church he did stained glass for. I know he did several churches, but I'm not sure. Um, and of course, if you knew Charles Teal, um, sad for the loss of of Dr. Charles Teal, who made a, a strong impression in my life for the kingdom of God now and to come. And um, so he will be greatly, greatly missed. Um, <clears throat> I want to share from Psalms 100 this morning or this afternoon. And um, how many of you like celebrations? Nobody? All right, that's good. All right. A couple of you, joy. Joy. With a name like Joy, you like celebrations. That's a good thing. Alfred's probably like, maybe a little less celebrating, but no. <laughs> celebrations. How many of you like celebrations? You like celebrations? Yes. All right. So now half of you do. That's good. The rest of you need help. All right. Um, by the way, next week, next Sabbath, we're having a celebration. We're going to celebrate Pastor Pablo's ministry here for the past five years. And uh, right? Yes. We can celebrate. Yes. Uh, along with his wife, Erica, as well. And uh, so we were blessed. We're sad to see them going, but we've been blessed to have them here for a little over five years. And so following the service next Sabbath, we have a special lunch, special celebration. And I want to say that between now and next Sabbath, if you uh, have some thoughts you would like to share, as one wider note, do it during the week. You know, as you're thinking about, bring it with you, and you have an opportunity to, to give that to them next week. Okay. So we love celebrating. We love celebrating graduations. We love celebrating weddings. I love officiating at weddings. Such a great, great moment. Dedicating babies, birthdays, anniversaries, all kinds of different celebrations. Well, you know, God invites his people to celebrate a lot. And when we open up Psalms 100 and we were to read it, we're going to put it on the screen for you. <clears throat> How would it feel? How would it feel if we read it like this? Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. It's like Eeyore writing, reading the Bible, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, um, know that the Lord himself is God. That's not how we're supposed to read it, right? It might sound something like this. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. 
Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Isn't that great news, church? And not only are we to read this, but the the psalmist is not asking us to read with just joy and gladness, but he's asking us, inviting us, he's, he's telling us we are to worship with shouts of joy and gladness. There we go. Thank you, Dwight. <laughs> it's like when Raul was up here and he's talking about what God was doing, right? And, and how he was kind of resisting God a little bit and, and God kept doing things. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got these trucks, you've got all these things. And, and we began to erupt with some applause out of joy and gladness and thanksgiving for what God obviously had been doing. He's doing that in our lives as well. Sometimes, church, I'm going to be honest, we're a little too quiet. We're a little too quiet, not just when we're gathered, but when we're scattered, okay? In our own private lives, there's sometimes we're thinking praises to God. We're thinking of these things about God that we want to express in joyful ways, and, and we just kind of keep quiet and go about our way. You know, there's a saying, you may have heard it, God doesn't need anybody to defend him. He just needs witnesses, right? God doesn't need to be defended. He just needs people to witness and to share the goodness that he is and to testify to the goodness that he is, to give thanks and so the psalmist is calling out to us. This is an action psalm. Five verses, and the first four of the five all start with a verb, with action. With action. Shout, serve, know, enter. In fact, I always enjoy Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann. He says Psalm 100 is an act of sanity for God's people. Listen to what Walter Brueggemann says. He says, obviously our world is at the edge of insanity and, with it, and, and we with it. Inhumaneness is developed as a scientific enterprise. Greed is celebrated as economic adv- advance. Power runs unbridled to destructiveness. In a world like this one, our psalm is an act of sanity whereby we may be reclothed in our rightful minds. Life is no longer self-grounded without thanks, but rooted in thanks. Recognizing God as our God. As the psalm says that we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Recognizing and confessing. See, worship, we worship by faith. We walk by faith, right? Doesn't the Bible say we walk by faith, not by what? What? How about more than 10 of you? What do we walk by? No, because we walk by faith, right? Not by sight. We walk by faith. We pray by faith. We read the word by faith. We worship by faith. In spite of what is going on around us, we are a people of faith who believe that God is still up to something and he's moving forward and that he is faithful and that his loving kindness is everlasting. I love what Brueggemann goes on. He cites Jeffrey Wainwright when he says, the world is not an easy place in which to live. Now here's what Charles Teal would call a 50-cent word. Doxologically. 
The world is not an easy place in which to live doxologically, to live in a way of giving praise and glory to God. Because just like that news person asked that mayor there in the Houston area, what do you have to say? And what did he do? He lived doxologically. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. And so our psalmist says, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and we not ourselves. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. To joyfully shout to the Lord. Joy. The emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Keen pleasure, elation. A source or cause of keen pleasure or delight, something or someone greatly valued or appreciated. And the expression or display of glad feeling. Do you feel any of this about God? Listen to that. The emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Do you ever get keen pleasure from God? Elation, a source of cause of keen pleasure or delight, something or someone greatly valued or appreciated. This is our God, right? And then we can return that later. Wherever that came from. I want you for a minute to use your imaginations this morning. I want you to imagine Jesus Christ when he was on this earth, walking into the synagogue, going to worship. Do you think he was silent? Do you think he just kind of went and sat down and maybe eked out a song here and there? Do you think he went in and told the disciples, you know, shh, shh, shh? What do you think they sang from the top of their lungs and their voices? I mean, Jesus was singing to his father that he knew intimately. I imagine him there singing with his hands out, praising the Father, maybe clapping once in a while. Maybe telling Peter, hey, a little louder. <laughs> maybe they had some harmonies going, although they were fishermen. I don't know how well they sang. But, but I picture Jesus worshiping the Father as Psalms 100 says, shouting joyfully to his Father. Because he knew the Father. He knew the Father as his shepherd, if you will. And you see that term shepherd is a term of sovereignty. When you think of like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. A shepherd in Scripture is one who has sovereignty. The, the kings often were referred to as shepherds. And so I imagine Jesus, when he worshiped, he, he trusted the Father as his shepherd his Psalm 23 shepherd. Ultimately, he would be our shepherd. But he trusted and he sang out of this joyfulness and this gladness and this thankfulness to the Father who he loved and who loved him. You see, Jesus had a deep sense. Jesus had a deep sense of belonging to the Father. And this is where I want to turn our attention this morning. It says in verse 3, Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. See, I believe just as Jesus knew that he 
was shepherded by the Father, Jesus wants us to know that he also is our good shepherd and that we belong to the Father. Verse 3, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Church, belonging has everything to do with worship. If I question my belonging or I doubt my belonging to the Father, I will have a hard time worshiping him. If I live by fear, wondering, wondering if God really loves me, wondering if God has really forgiven me, wondering if God can really save me, I will have a hard time worshiping him joyfully and with gladness. There's a difference between worshiping out of gladness and joyfulness and worshiping out of being afraid. And church, Jesus came to this earth so that you would know that you belong to the Father. That's what the cross is about. That's what his life is about. That's what all of his teachings were about, to say, you belong to the Father, come home. Come home. Be part of his pastors. Let him be your shepherd. Let him be your good shepherd. You belong to God. Jesus knew what it was like to belong to the Father, and he calls us to belong to him. I love the words of Jesus in John chapter 10 with the good shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. You belong. You belong. Jesus came to show us as our good shepherd that you belong. And he wants us to know this. In fact, the author of this psalm does something very intentional with pronouns. In verse 3, if you look at verse 3, and, and I've, I've created a slide that puts the literal translation from the Hebrew here on this slide. It says this, Know that Yahweh, he is God. He made us and not we. His people are we and the sheep of his pasture. Now, the author was very intentional with some pronouns to really bring a point about. And I've given you some clues, hint underlines, okay? If you look at these pronouns that are in this verse that are underlined, there is a certain flow. And I put it on the next screen for you. It looks like this. He, he, us, we, his, his. You belong. You belong, and I belong. And he wants us to know. He wants to know that our whole source of life comes from him, before and after. I like what one theologian said. He said, this arrangement dra dramatically suggests that the question of human identity must begin and end with God. This is what the psalm intends for us to, quote, unquote, know when it says there, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He, he, us, we, his, his. You belong. And belonging has everything to do with our joyfulness and our gladness and our thanksgiving and our worship to God. So the psalmist goes on. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. 
Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's just look at verse 5 there. We have it up there. For the Lord is what? His loving kindness is what? And his faithfulness to all? Do you believe that, church? Now, I want you to, I'm going to ask you that question again, and I want you to answer it like you think Jesus would say it. Do you believe that, church? Yes. Yes. I like that. I heard this thing. Good job, Cody. (laughs) Yes. Jesus came to reveal to us that the Lord is good, and his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. You and I are sitting here today because this is so true. You and I are sitting here today because God is good. You and I are sitting belonging to God because his loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness is to generation to generation. I want to do a little, um, a little trip with you here, if, if I can, in the book of Isaiah. I've um, been spending a lot of time with Isaiah in my own personal time, and that often spills into my sermons and so forth, and so it's directly going to do that today. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I want to, I love the book of Isaiah because it shows so much of God's goodness in spite of his people's not-so-goodness. In spite of Israel, in spite of Judah, in spite of their, their horrible relationship with God, God continues because he's good and God is faithful and his love is everlasting. He continues to work. And so I just want to take this little journey that brings out the goodness and God's everlasting loving kindness and his faithfulness to all generations as we're going to see as we get through this. So let's just take, I'm just going to take a few passages of Isaiah and we're just going to enjoy these together. Chapter 43, verses 1 and 2. But now thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. See the belonging there? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Don't you love that passage? I know some of us have found great comfort in that passage at times. When you belong, God is leading, God is taking care. In chapter 43, verses 15 to 21, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King, thus says the Lord, who makes a way through the sea and the path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the mighty men. They will lie down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. Do not call to mind the former things. I love this verse 18. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. You know, I love how he, he says, you know, we're always reading about the, the, the people of God are always bringing back the Red Sea. Remember when he parted the waters and there was dry land and we crossed on dry land and God is so good. He's telling them, forget about that. I'm going to do something so new and so opposite. I'm going to put water in the dry land. (laughs) I'm doing something new. Are you going to see it? Are you going to be aware of it? I'm doing this. And so we go on to chapter 44, verses 6 through 8. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. 
and there is no God besides me. Who is like me? Let him proclaim and declare it. Yes, let him recount it to me in order from the time that I established the ancient nation and let them declare to them the things that are coming and the events that are going to take place. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it? And I love this last part. And you are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Or is there any other rock? I know of none. You know, it's something pretty serious when God says, is there any God besides me or is there any other rock? I know of none. God says it. It's truth. And now chapter 44, I want to go down a few more verses. 21 to 23. Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel. For you are my servant. I formed you. You are my servant. O Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. See God's faithfulness? I have wiped out your transgressions like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Don't you just want to stop there and go thank God for his goodness and his everlasting love and his faithfulness? Oh, Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. I've wiped out your transgressions like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Shout for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout joyfully, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into a shout of joy, you mountains, O forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and in Israel he shows forth his glory. Church, aren't you glad that God has wiped away your transgressions? forgiven your sins. He has not forgotten you. You belong to him. He is so faithful. And now I love this last part. Verse 24, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the one who formed you from the womb, I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth all alone, causing the omens of boasters to fail, making fools out of diviners, causing wise men to draw back and turning their knowledge into foolishness, confirming the word of his servant and performing the purpose of his messengers. It is I who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited. And of the cities of Judah, they shall be built. And I will raise up her ruins again. It is I who says to the depth of the sea, be dried up, and I will make your rivers dry. I love verse 28. It is I who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he will perform all my desire. And he declares of Jerusalem, she will be built, and of the temple, your foundation will be laid. Now, some of you may know this, and some of you may not. But here... If you read the the book of Isaiah, long story short, Israel was trying to get Judah to partner with them against Assyria, the great power of Assyria. But Ahaz, king of Judah, decided to partner with Assyria. Eventually, Israel was wiped out. And then Babylon the Great came in, wiped out Assyria and so forth, and so now Judah Um, Judah and the people uh, of God are taken captive in Babylon. And then this great king of Persia comes, Cyrus, takes over Babylon and finally gives the permission and the order for the people of God, of Judah, to go back to Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, and rebuild the city. Now get this. This is how intentional and how good God is and how 
everlasting his love is and how faithful he is from generation to generation. If you don't know this, sometimes we kind of lose sight of this, but when God was proclaiming through Isaiah that Cyrus was going to do this, it was before Cyrus was even born. We're talking 100 years plus that God says, I'm going to give the decree and Cyrus, this enemy of yours, I'm going to work through called him a shepherd, a ruler, one who's going to be sovereign, is the one who's going to give the decree and get my people back to rebuild Jerusalem. Is God good or what? And I share this with you, church, because sometimes in our day-to-day life, sometimes as we go about our Monday and our Tuesday or whatever it is all the way through the week, we, forgot, we forget that we belong to God. We forget that we are the sheep of his pasture and that he's our shepherd. And we forget that even though we can't see where God's going to make a way, God is making a way that you can't even imagine. He's got a Cyrus or somebody that you don't know of that maybe even you don't even consider a friend that's going to do something in your life you've never seen before. I know we all have problems. We all have troubles. But church, I cling to this verse that Paul wrote. When God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God is so good, church. I'd been sick for most of the week this past week. And so I thought I'd listen to some good black gospel music. lift my spirits. And I was listening to this artist, Tasha Cobbs Leonard, and she's got this song that says, I'm getting ready. And I listened to that song, and I would listen some more, and I loved what it said. And it says what Isaiah says. She goes, I'm getting ready to see things I've never seen before because God's going to do something that I've never seen before. And he does. And I'm sure if we took the time, we could, we all, many of us, if not all of us, could stand up and say, let me tell you about something God did that I did not expect to see. God did something in my life I couldn't even imagine because he's there and he's done it. The Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness is to all generations. Let me close by reading this incredible song again. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for being the faithfulness of God in our lives. Your very life, your very words, your cross, your resurrection, show us the faithfulness that you, the Father and the Holy Spirit, have for all of humanity. Lord, we doubt sometimes. Sometimes we let just the things of life keep us busy and distract us. Lord, there's so many things in this world that can make us worry and, and fret. There's so many things in this world that can keep us thinking things aren't going well. But Lord, today through the psalm, you've reminded us to worship you with shouts of joy, gladness, and thanksgiving. 
Why? Because we belong to you. And Lord, there are many people in this world, I believe, that belong to you and just don't know it. So may our lives day to day be acts of worship that proclaim your goodness and that let them know that they belong to you too, that you are their shepherd because, Lord, you are good your loving kindness is everlasting and your faithfulness always to the generations. To take a moment now just in silent prayer to talk to your shepherd. Now as we go, may we go this week with shouts of joy and gladness, giving thanks, knowing that we belong to the one who is good, whose everlasting love endures forever and whose faithfulness from generation to generation. God bless you.